Things might be looking better already, uh, but uh, or maybe worse, but whatever it is, the market doesn't seem to respond with any kind of uh, excessive trading, volatility, sell-offs, sell-offs, rapid rises. Brad McMillan joins us right now, Chief Investment Officer at Commonwealth Financial Network. Uh, here with me in San Diego, we of course are at the Commonwealth Financial Network Conference here in San Diego. And Brad, this, this lack of volatility, the duration since we've seen any meaningful sell-off in the market of any kind, uh, is fairly amazing, given the, the headlines uh, whether it's natural disasters, whether it's saber rattling and threats of nuclear problems out of North Korea, to, uh, you know, trade wars, NAFTA in or out, Iran nuclear or not, and yet the market doesn't seem to care. Why? Well, it's interesting. If you go back, everyone says this kind of low volatility is absolutely unprecedented. In fact, it's not. We saw an extended period of similarly low volatility in the mid 90s, and in the before mid there was a VIX. No, we still have, we had the data that goes back that far, right. but when we have it in the mid-2000s. So when you, when you get into an environment when investors think they've got it figured out, when everyone's saying, yes, we know how this works, it's typical to see this kind of low volatility, and it does work until it doesn't. Does the, I, I, I want to say something that sound, it's going to sound so naive, especially when we get a 500-point you know, crash someday. Uh, is the, are all the exogenous financial products in the market right now reducing vol, which is to say so much more passive investing, so many ETFs where there isn't sort of uh, individual stock picking. We've had a lot of money from the Fed that's tended to make things that the correlation has been very high in the markets. Um, uh, although we've been talking about this week, that's, that's coming apart a little bit. Are, but are the, is the financial creativity of Wall Street helping the market be a little more stable right now? I don't think so on balance. And the reason I say that is when has Wall Street ever not been creative? Again, you go back to the mid-80s, we had portfolio insurance. You go back to the 90s, we had yeah. E-Trade Baby, discount, you know, discount brokerages. Right. There's always been this going on. What's different this time is not the mechanisms, kind of the technology, but the commitment to passive. And that's actually taken out kind of the necessary repricing of different stocks. And that has had an effect. And yet, uh, as our own Dave Wilson uh, pointed out earlier this week, we've seen correlation is now sort of starting to uh, fall uh, apart here a little bit. We're starting to see some stocks trade differently than their peers as their results are different because companies are actually different. And maybe the lack of money from the Fed is part of that. That could well be. I mean, to the extent that we have a market of stocks rather than a stock market, um, it's certainly going to be better for the market. I mean, when you buy an ETF, to get into a technology, but that also applies to a mutual fund that's passive, you don't care what the valuations are, you buy those stocks. But what should happen and what hasn't been is active managers can identify mispricings and trade against them. To the extent that's starting to happen, that'll be a healthy development for the actual purpose of the stock market. Well, and, and one of the, and one of the, it's one of those sort of many perverse uh, 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 effects of low rates is that with a low interest rate environment has meant it's been harder for money managers to sort of differentiate themselves because you know they're, they're sort of being matched up against very low rates and very low rates of return so taking those bets and making those bets work out hasn't been paying off for them. That's certainly right and I would point out that's one of the big risks going forward. What everyone is assuming right now is that essentially low rates are going to continue for the foreseeable future. Now, certainly that's probably the case, but what happens when it doesn't become the case? And that's where I think things start to break. So um, 
what, are, what you're, you're surrounded by all these people who are managing money for so many more people, right? The, probably, presumably tens of thousands of people are, their investments are being managed by people who are here at this event. What are they saying to you and what, what's the sort of general feeling about what's going on in the markets when things have been pretty good? More clients are getting impatient. They want higher returns. We've seen kind of the fear of risk, the fear of a decline start to ebb away. You know, we've seen a large number of clients saying, you know what, I think I can do better. And again, that's absolutely typical for periods where things have been going well for a while. This is something we've seen before. It's not a good idea because over time that doesn't work, but that's what they're saying. So, so what are they doing as a result of that? Well, some advisors are working with the clients and saying, okay, we're going we're to up your equity allocation, we're going to take some more risk, but we're going to do it in a responsible way. We're going to allocate to areas that are relatively speaking undervalued. I was hoping you were going to tell me some are doing it irresponsibly. In. Not that I've seen. Our guys are <laughs> actually really good. <laughs> I have no doubt. So, so uh, more equities, fewer bond holdings. Uh, uh, in terms of the types of equities, are we seeing? The, are they? They want to be in dividend-paying stocks, or they want to go, 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 growth, go, fang, whatever. Well, it's growth right now that people are looking for. Value has not been doing well. Growth is where you want to be in an expanding economy. But more than that, it's about valuations, and the big valuation differentials right now are at the geographic level. So for example, if you look at Europe, I've been saying Europe since about late last year, that's a place you want to look at, that's played out, emerging markets. Not only are you getting better growth there, you're getting better growth in the economy, in earnings, and you're buying at much more reasonable valuations. So you can add equity exposure without adding too much more risk. How, how real are the earnings, is the earnings growth there? Is it, is, it, is it fundamentally driven by net income improvements or is it more of a income statement uh, adjustments? It looks solid. I mean, company to company it varies, but when you look at the fact that there has actually been very, very little earning growth over the past several years abroad, if they were trying to play games, that's when they would be doing it. I don't think they're playing games because in some respects their accounting is more rigid than ours, yeah. so I think it's probably real. Uh, it's, it's certainly an interesting time. Uh, in particular, any particular economy uh, uh, overseas that you like the most? Um, I continue to like Germany. They are an export economy. They export a lot to the U.S., which continues to grow to China. Politically, they're one of the more stable, one of the less exposed vehicles to invest. Eastern Europe, a lot of their economies feed into Germany. They get the same benefits. Uh, well, certainly uh, interesting times, uh, and, the, and the options to, to invest look uh, greater and greater. Good stuff, as always. Uh, really glad to see you. Brad McMillan he is the Chief Investment Officer for the Commonwealth Financial Network here at the Commonwealth Financial National Conference here in San Diego. You listen to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Corey Johnson, at Corey TV, and Twitter, at Corey John, and Instagram. This is Bloomberg.